0: What's up, guys? Casey here, and it is December 27th. There are only a few more days left in this year, and we're going to say bye-bye to the 4th edition task list. I know that I can't wait. I'm sure that you can't wait to stop trying to figure out the difference between the two. We are now all updated to the 5th edition task list. All the video bundles, the mock exams have 5th edition task list items. The collective that starts January 10th is 5th edition. We got you guys. We have been working tirelessly trying to figure this out out and we are ready. So go to the website, www.studyenotesaba.com, and you no longer have to ask if it's updated, because it is, yay, we did it. I know, I didn't believe we would. Also, our Bitches Talk the Task List, yes, it may say fourth edition, but we have created a handy dandy task list crossover. So again, in the test, they're not asking you what task list number, they're just asking you concepts and applied questions in ABA, the science, guess what? Luckily, has not changed. Yes, it's evolved, but the core concepts have not changed, and the task list items are just organized better. So stress no more. We got you. We also have the 175 question bitches talk a mock. That's all fifth edition. So many resources for you. We're so excited. Cannot wait to have you join us. Love you. Mean it.
1: Study no
0: It's behavior, bitches.
2: Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. And we are here with episode 107.
0: Casey, what do you have for us today? Episode 107. This is a hard one. So S E B E N. I'm feeling so Zen, and I'm never doing a rhyme for an episode that ends in seven again. So we'll be skipping any episode that ends in seven, unless so you don't guys be send shocked. Me a list. don't yeah,
2: don't freak out when it comes to when we're at episode one sixteen and then we're at one eighteen, because nothing effing rhymes is seven, and I had to obvious I always take the credit. I had to help her with that rhyme. with the Zen part. but she she did that again. So, at least she knows how to rhyme a little bit. But, anyways, Casey, can you give us some reinforcement? I'm really needing some reinforcement for the day. So, can you go ahead and give us our review
0: of the day? I sure can. All right. We are coming in from our other behavior B, is what she titles it, our servant 40. So this must have been after the episode with Danielle, because it says, Danielle being on just made my whole week. Y'all never fail to surprise us and keep us on our toes. I look forward to your biweekly episodes even more now, and so happy to have your new episodes on my drive between clients. I'll be looking forward to hearing Karina next. So excited. Love y'all, mean it forever. P.S. Not sure if it was only my show, but Liat sounded like God sitting on a soapbox was hilarious too. We don't remember anything from these episodes, so we love when you guys tell us what you took away from the episode.
2: <laughs> when
0: did I do that? I don't remember, but we should look back on it. So thank oh you my for God, I I
2: <laughs> Thank you. I'm fucking hilarious. I don't even know the funny things I do. So thanks, you guys, for reminding us. I feel like my – I do have memory issues, though. Can we talk about that for
0: like half a second? Yeah, you have severe – we had an entire conversation the other night about – I, now I don't remember what it was, but it was like literally, oh, I don't know what, anyways, it doesn't matter the topic. It was a full 25 minute phone call. And the next day she starts asking me the exact same questions that we talked about. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We just talked about this. She's like, when? I'm like, last night. She's like, what time? I'm like, 6.05 for 25 minutes. And I answered every single one of these questions. <laughs> She's like, I'm scared. I'm like, I'm very worried for
2: you. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had just used meth. And so, obviously, my brain was a little, like, fucked up after. What do you expect? (laughs) Joke, anyone? Don't go report me to the board. Okay. So I
0: think it's baby – I think it's mom brain. Like, you just have so much going on, and you're always hustling between work and Kobe and Eliron and everything that it's just – you don't know what hat you're wearing at each time. I mean, you have so many things you're doing.
2: That's the sweetest, most understanding thing you've ever said to me. Thank you, Casey. (laughs) Thank
0: you. I'm working on uh, not hurting your feelings. (laughs)
2: Well, that means a lot. Listen, Casey gets these random like sassy moments and I got to like bring her down over text message. She like just will like snap sassy. She thinks like, I don't understand it. And last thing, Casey does this little thing when she's like pissed off. She thinks I never noticed. It's these like the double heart emoji. It's like a bigger heart and a smaller heart is one emoji. So she'll do two of the double hearts. And it's like, yeah, like, like essentially it will be like
0: It's my version of like, yep, F off.
2: (laughs) It's like, yeah, we're doing really great. Having the best time. Heart, heart. Like, (laughs) go fuck yourself. I'm like, so now I started like heart-hearting that bitch. Like, I'm like, you were really, I'm like, you acted like kind of a dickwad. Heart, heart. Whatever. We call each
0: other, end of stories, we call each other on our BS because you need that one person in your life who knows you so well that you cannot hide Um, And they're going to call you out. So if you don't have that person, sometimes it's tough to have that person because they see you and you're like, I don't want to be seen. But it's really important that you find someone who in life can double heart you. Okay. Hard heart.
2: Okay. Casey, can you tell us a little bit about our guest today? I'm very excited. And I'm going to have to ask the guest how we got in touch again. I seem to think that I thought she was really cool on LinkedIn, which I'm never on LinkedIn. But I actually don't think that was it, because I was looking that I only just friended her on LinkedIn. That must mean I stalked her, but never friend. I know, not friend. Whatever. Link. You get my point. But anyways, tell us about our guest, and then that's the first thing I'm going
0: to ask her when she comes on. All right. I'm going to give a brief intro, and I do know how you got in touch with her, because I see the Instagram messages, just so you know. So this is, we are introducing, and we're so excited to have Katie Saint. She is a PhD, LPC, B-C-B-A-D, Good Lord. Provides individual, couple, premarital, and family counseling to children, adolescents, and adults. She's not only a BCBA, she's also a licensed mental health counselor. She has over 15 years experience working with adults, children, and adolescents on the autism spectrum. She's also written college courses and speaks internationally. She's published books related to mental health. She's been published in several magazines she is a boss, and her specialties are trauma, autism, severe behaviors, and ACT therapy. So without further ado, Katie, welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. We are so excited. We hope that our intro, when we were just being silly, wasn't too much for you. I saw you laughing, <laughs> oh, so that reinforced our behavior. <laughs>
1: absolutely. I loved it. <laughs> All right. So,
2: what, what, so, okay, where did we meet? You said Instagram? Instagram?
1: Mm-hmm. That's
2: where you first
1: contacted me,
2: you know, I come on so strong to so many people across different mediums I don't even know where I go anymore you know I can't even I can't even keep up with myself as you can tell, it's part of my charm uh, charm
0: we'll go <laughs> with charm with that charm.
1: Charm.
2: I was gonna say a uh, memory issue, but okay, part of my charm so <laughs> let's go with that. Katie, can you start? First of all, I want everyone to know you're located in Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. just in case anyone's trying to draw a map on this. Mm -hmm. And you do something a little different than a lot of BCBAs, which I think is cool because one of the most common questions we get is what else can I do as a BCBA aside from just working in autism? So can you tell us a little bit about the different areas you dabble with, and what you are typically involved with on an average
1: day. Absolutely. So I like to have a variety of different things that I do for my work. So I work for an autism company, but then I also have a private practice of counseling on the side where I see a a lot of different people treating anxiety, depression, trauma, Um, A lot of the people that I counsel come from the homeless population or um, it's just normal people going through stress and need someone to kind of help them process that. Um, And then in addition to that, I teach a class through Pepperdine University. So keep busy. Yeah. Yeah. I love what I do so it doesn't feel like work. Wow.
2: Same. That's literally what I say all the time. I'm like, I love doing what we're doing. So, all right. You've written all these books. Can you talk about the different books that you've written?
1: Sure. So the first book that I wrote was Grandparent Divorce. And that was actually when my parents were going through a divorce and my kids were toddlers. And I just wanted something to read to them to help them understand like what's going to happen and to normalize some of their emotions and put away some anxieties about like, if grandma and grandpa are divorcing, are you guys divorcing too? Or, you know, and I figured if, if I want this for my kids, I'm probably not the only one. So that book got published back in 2011. Um, And so that was my first one. And that kind of made me feel like, oh, like, this is possible. This is kind of cool. So then the next book was awkward social do's and don'ts of being a young adult. And that book was written so that people could have just like a quick reference guide for, okay, I'm going into this social situation. What should I be mindful of to avoid? What should I be intentional about doing? So something quick, easy with visuals. So that one came out, uh, I can't remember what year, a few years ago. Then after that was autism and depression. And so that one came out because there's just such a huge need for counselors who will see people with autism that also have mental health issues. A lot of counselors turn people with an autism diagnosis away because they feel like they're not qualified to treat them. And so then there's not that many counselors who have experience with autism. So there's just nowhere for them to go. So that book came from that need, hoping that, well, if they can't find a counselor, they can at least use this workbook as a resource to kind of help them through those struggles.
2: It, it is so hard. to. Well, first of all, I think it's really cool that all your books were essentially built on some MO in terms of like, oh, I'm working with someone. I see they don't have this resource. Let me go put it out there. That is really, really cool. But also, when you talk about the autism and depression link, and I think this episode's kind of going to be all over the place is the vibe I'm picking because you kind of are doing stuff all over the place. Um, but I don't know if it's touched on that often, like how common it is for a lot of individuals with autism to also have depression or struggle
1: with depression. How common it's, is this? It's crazy high. Stats for adults with autism is somewhere around 75%. So it's just insane. And I remember, you know,
2: I mean, I know now it's just a spectrum. It's no longer Asperger's versus, Mm -hmm. um, you know, whatever it is on the spectrum. But I do remember what, you you know, high-functioning individuals who would used to have been, you know, considered having Asperger's. I remember reading some research article forever ago, so I can't quote it. But it was talking about the the depression and suicide rate. And I remember just feeling sick reading it because um, a lot of it was, you know, individuals who know something is different. You know, they have that awareness to know something's different or like, why am I not making friends? Um, Why is everyone like walking away when I come near? And I want these things. But, I, but I, I genuinely have no idea what I am doing wrong. And that's right. And it was leading to really high depression rates. And, and it, like I remember just feeling so sad about it. And then, in one sense, I also was like counting my blessings. I was thinking about my own brother who he doesn't even understand like what he doesn't have. Right, he's mm-hmm. like happy. Just to, he's happy as can be, playing video games all day. Like not worried about not having friends, whatever it is. It's harder for us as a family to see it. You know, like as he got older and his friends, it's like typically developing friends started noticing he was different, and they didn't want to play. We were heartbroken. I'm ready to like beat the shit out of this other kid.
1: <laughs> right, but
2: at the, I mean, but I also understood. But at the same time, um, it's it's really difficult for individuals who know
1: something's different, but just really have no idea. Totally. Yeah. I think being high functioning in some ways makes depression even more likely. There's actually even stats on the higher the level of intelligence, the more likely depression occurs with autism. So I think that self-awareness is part of what hurts so much. You know, if you're noticing people are rejecting you and you're, you know, you're feeling bad about some of the things you're struggling with, but not knowing how to fix them, I I can see why someone would feel really depressed. And so, so I know like within ABA, we often say,
2: well, the only reason we care about a diagnosis is for billing purposes, because you need the autism diagnosis to get ABA services covered by insurance, right? But really, I know, like, when I'm teaching individuals about ABA, I'm saying, like, it's not about what the diagnosis is, what the behaviors are. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you feel like the the um, diagnosis is actually hindering these individuals from getting help?
1: I think so, yeah. because Because of what I described earlier where, oh, you have an autism diagnosis. I don't have experience with that. Therefore, I'm not qualified to treat you. You know, that happens a lot when it comes to mental health. But then at the same time, sometimes when people don't understand what autism is, they they misinterpret some of the behaviors. A lot of, There's a lot of overlap between depression and autism as far as symptoms go. But if they're part of just regular autism, it's not as concerning versus if it's an abrupt change. Like they used to be social and now they're not you know that would be a sign that maybe depression is starting or things like that but if they've always been antisocial that could just be part of autism you know so so there can be some misinterpretations like that if you don't know a
0: lot about the diagnosis um, i have a question i want yes, to know Casey. <laughs> I, I, I want to know which came first, the chicken or the egg, and or the egg or the chicken. But whatever saying, I you guys know I don't know sayings. But were you first a mental health certification, or was it first BCBA? What came first?
1: Um, I kind of did them at the same time, so I'm trying to think. Um, so I started my master's in counseling first, okay. but I finished my. I finished my master's in counseling, and then, but I wasn't licensed as a counselor until after I became a BCBA.
0: Gotcha. So you did it kind of hand in hand, and you saw a need. I think. I think when you think of um, you know us as BCBAs, right, we don't. don't, I mean, we acknowledge the mentalistic private events, Mm -hmm. right, but we mainly look at observable behavior, and Mm -hmm. that can sometimes be. Cause like a deficit, right? If we're not looking at the whole human, and I know that a lot of ABA is moving towards like acceptance commitment therapy, and RFT and stuff like that, that is taking more into account those um, private events and understanding that like sometimes, um, Madi said she came on the podcast and said that sometimes self interest thoughts are. Um, or private events can be the most self-injurious behaviors. Absolutely. And I've been through that a hundred times. Like sometimes I feel like I'm my own worst enemy and observably I might look like I have it together, but internally it's the opposite. So that's tough. So I feel like you must see this a lot and use, how do you use both in therapy?
1: Well, I love having both because I feel like some mental health counselors don't deal with the behavior side of things. Like if we're using depression as an example, motivation is a huge barrier. You know, like people's dopamine levels are really low and so they're just, they're not feeling motivated. And so if we take some of our behavior analytic principles to figure out like, okay, these are the behaviors I need to target that are gonna help fight their depression. And here's how I'm gonna arrange their environment to increase their motivation so that they can get through this and they can actually get themselves to do these things, you know, like follow through sometimes is a really big barrier to in being successful because you're counting on a 45 minute conversation to be enough to motivate somebody to change, you know? So if you're not implementing any other behavior analytic strategies into their everyday life, that reinforcement of meeting with you once a week or every other week has to be enough to say sustain. And a lot of times it's not. You know, so that's where I really appreciate the behavior analysis into counseling. But then in reverse, a lot of ABA clients that I work with at my ABA company, suicide stuff comes up, self-esteem, depression, you know, their internal events, their thoughts, they're making all these rules that they're following, you know, this rule-governed behavior. And so if we know how to respond to that and work through some health barriers, Their motivation is going to increase. We're going to have so much more success changing their behavior, and we won't need such powerful reinforcement then to motivate them. So, so I I love having both. I don't think I ever really separate it completely, whether I'm counseling or in an ABA session. I'm always bringing a little bit of both.
0: I remember my first like week as a BCBA. Okay. I had a, um, I worked with adults, but, um, they were much higher need um, adults. And I had a um, lower, I, I don't know, if I'm, I know high functioning and low functioning is more going towards like lower need or higher need. So I had a, let's say lower need, but I don't even think that's true because he need, needed help. And he came in and he was a, probably a lot older than the adults I work with. So probably in his forties. And he just walked into the clinic and was just like, I need help. I cannot socialize. I, I know you guys do ABA and like someone, i just heard of it. And he was suicidal and um, it was way over my scope of competency. Like I could not help him. I was not only a green brand new BCBA, but I have zero training in mental health. So it was heartbreaking because I was, I wanted to and I listened to him and I, I looked for resources for him, but I would have loved in that moment to have the skills to help him like you do. So I'm sure you are a unicorn in this field and they're so lucky to have you. <laughs> Well, thank you. No, I think that more
1: BCPAs should definitely have training in suicidal and self-harm type things because it's such a fine line. Sometimes people learn like, hey, this suicidal talk gets me a lot of attention, you know, and so sifting out, do I treat this behaviorally or do I take this seriously? You know, a lot of people are so afraid to dive into that. Um, And so I think Every BCBA would benefit from more training on that.
0: I had a um. Speaking of that, like I know when, uh, one of the questions in intake with therapy is like, "Are you suicidal?" And I know that's because if I say yes, which I'm not, but I used to be long, long time ago. So I, I do disclose that, and I've had therapists turn me down for that before. Wow. And um, that's just an interesting thing. I didn't realize it till after when I'm. Oh, that's probably it wasn't in their scope of competency like I, it's not that they didn't like me or whatever
2: <laughs> which i turned also turned you down from your past
0: yeah or like said it wasn't a good fit i'm sorry um, am i like
2: am, am but i'm like also dark? like okay I think past, everyone everyone like at some point in their life has been like i do not want to carry on i'm sure
0: yeah but like I, i'm I not i'm
2: not maybe i'm just like <laughs> that's my norm <laughs> but like, there's definitely been point, like, I mean, is that like, I'm just talking functionally, does that not just see in that moment when you're going through something like, I just wanna fucking escape. Like, I'm, yeah. like, the fact that a therapist would not be trained to like deal with someone who ever in their life had the thoughts is.
1: Right, like that's wild to me too. I would think 99% of humans have been in that place at one time. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, um,
0: that seems weird. The <laughs> other thing that, I mean, we could talk about a suicide all day, but I do think what is so fascinating is that when we did talk to you, you said that like people and what you love is like extreme problem behaviors, mm-hmm. like people that don't want to deal with them, send them to you. And I guess what is your best advice for therapists that are um, nervous or how do they deal with extreme problem behaviors and what I know sure. we, do, we all do so. Well, I mean, I
1: love extreme problem behaviors in extreme situations because I, I guess I get a ton of reinforcement out of like, this was bad, you know, this was really hard for the family. And so like, if we can go in there, we have the science. This is part of why I'm so passionate about ABA. There is science for how to change things so we can have the confidence. It's just a matter of if we can put those principles into practice. So I think helping people see the point of, some of the things we ask people to do is hard and you're gonna have to do things when you're tired and exhausted. So if you're always tying it back to, like your situation is painful and there's a solution to it. There's so much science that supports that this will work if you can follow through with what we're we're planning here. you know. And so just giving that hope I think gets people on board. If they see you're confident and if they see that you have a plan that you truly believe will work and is backed by science, a lot of times people are willing to step up and do some really hard things. Cause typically, mm-hmm. if it's a really extreme case, people are spent, they're overwhelmed. Like it's hard for them to be motivated because their situation is depleting them. You know, so you need to give them a nugget of hope for them to know like this effort you're gonna put in it is worth it
0: and there's hope at the end of the tunnel i'm sure you're wondering also about the new ethics code right ah that changed too they're just throwing it all at us that's awesome though because it's really amazing and we have an amazing product about all the new ethics code it is eight modules video over probably 10 hours long of Karina and I breaking down all of the new ethics code with real raw, relatable answers. And we test you at the end of each one with questions. So you can purchase that as a package on its own so that you can be the most ethical BCBA ever. You can find that at www.studynotesaba.com. All right. Now... Next area I want to move to.
2: Sorry, you guys are getting a glimpse of my brain over here. <laughs>
1: um,
2: we actually just did a whole podcast. I don't know if you heard it. It came out last week. I won't judge you if you didn't hear it, but it's all about panhandling. Yes, we I did, did it, Katie. We, we did it. it. And
1: I loved it. It was awesome.
2: Because <laughs> I, I always look at it and I'm like, this is so fascinating. You know, just everything about it, like location, this, that, what these people are going through. Um, When Casey and I started doing research, we realized that there is a big misconception that a lot of individuals who are, you know, panhandling are necessarily like are doing it for drugs when, you know, I mean, there's a good amount of people who are, but there's also people who, you know, have other circumstances and this brings us to a lot of these people, like they are homeless. It's not like they're mm-hmm. going and people are like, oh no, they 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 drive a Bentley when they leave, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but brings us to the homeless population, which there are a lot of mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And I know this is some, it's a, like a population that you work with. Mm-hmm. Can you
1: talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So kind of thinking about that other podcast you guys just released and just kind of the the patterns of reinforcement and punishment i have one client that i used to work with who was homeless and it was definitely her mental health situation but it was also her family system she had zero support whatsoever there was nobody she could call and say hey i lost my job and now i can't pay my rent i'm being evicted i will you help me can i live with you for weeks while I looked for an apartment like she didn't have anyone you know so then things started getting worse for her and she ended up getting into prostitution because it was a way that she could get money to buy food she was literally starving and and that worked for her that was how she ate that day you know so when you start to hear these people's stories it starts to make sense like why they would make those choices or how desperate of a situation they're in where it feels like this is the the solution to my problem right now. And I feel like I don't have any other solutions. You know, so mental health is the primary reason for homelessness. And there's a lot of judgment around it, I think, because people are like, oh, just go get a job or, you know, work harder, things like that. But there's so many more layers to it. So do you find I know you
2: said you like a challenge,
1: mm-hmm.
2: which I also like I like the weirder the behavior, the better. when I was working <laughs> clinically and anything. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's cool, <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. Um,
2: but do you find it harder when working, let, let's say, with the homeless population? Because, I mean, I imagine just for the sake of resources, you know? A lot of the times, like these are the individuals who need the resources more than anyone, right? And they have the least.
1: It is hard because you're not going to get this massive behavior change with a person whose basic needs are not met. Mm-hmm. You know, if they can't eat, if they're literally sleeping under a bridge, me telling them, you know, you should work on your unhealthy relationships that's not a priority. They can't even, they don't know when their next meal is going to be, you know, so Mm -hmm. helping my clients find resources in our community for how are we going to meet your basic needs so that we can start working on your mental health as well. You know, that it, that is a barrier. It's not always easy, or maybe they've burned a bridge with that exist. And so, you know they maybe they got drunk or high and went to the homeless shelter and now they're not welcome there you know yeah. there's different things like that where it can be really hard to get them in a stable place before we can really start working on things
2: i i feel like that takes a lot of creativity as well because in advocating mhm absolutely and i mean cuz i don't know i just think of, you know, when I'm in a difficult position, and I am like, so blessed with resources and beyond, like, if there's something that I need, I'm going to figure out a way to get it, you know, you know, either by talking to some, I don't know, someone in my community, my family, there's multiple people I can reach out to, you know, like, I haven't burned these bridges. And so, all of the advice that I would want to give someone, like I remember, you know, we, we spoke briefly about Casey's situation recently, uh, you know, Casey was mm-hmm. under a lot of stress trying to figure out, like, I don't know, Casey, if you're okay with me saying this, a situation for mm-hmm. no, her good. sister and her niece and nephew, um, like living and, you know, like basic Vehicle needs.
0: and mm-hmm. food a and- home. Shelter. Shelter, all of those basic needs. And again, I realized I was trying to fix like the problem, like the situation, but I was like totally out. I'm like, I can't even fix that until I, like we fix the basic needs, right? Like I can't be like, okay, let's work through the fight that you got in, right? Or let's work through the, why it escalated there and what's the back issue and what's the past. It's like right now it's, and it's like crisis, you're in crisis and you're just, if you don't meet those basic needs, there's no way you can even address the problem. But I just remember, like, and, again, I just love
2: Casey so much. So, like, anything she's dealing with, and I saw, like, how this was affecting her. Like, I mean, I can only imagine the pain of seeing someone you love, you know, struggling so much and not being able to, you know, break a system that's been going on Mm -hmm. of dysfunction for so long. But I was, like, I remember, like, Casey, like, snapped at me for one second. I'm, like, Casey, I mean how are you like, whatever it is? And she's like, yeah, how the fuck are they going to get therapy? They don't even have a place to fucking live, you know? And it was like, and I, like, I'm i like, yeah, you're right. And she's like, what are you going to do, Leah? Put your fucking sister and nieces on the floor, uh, on the street? And I was like, you're right. But it was like my, you know, my understanding or based on my support system of the different things to do, like when I felt lost, but it's like okay, I came home depressed from college. I was immediately in an like, you know, intensive outpatient program or this or had the best therapist or whatever it is. And like, I really admire you for doing that because it does take a different level of creativity when it's like the, the usual advice you'd want to give, like this is when you reach out to that good friend of yours. This is when you, you, know, you call your mom and say, can you babysit for a few hours? You, know, like, what, you can't do that.
1: Totally. Yeah. And I think that's where, like, when you get to hear people's stories and you're like, holy cow, all the things I would have done to not be in your situation,
0: you didn't have access to. Right. So it makes sense, you know. Yeah, it does. And it's definitely, I I see also like just the system in general is so broken and it's like, oh, you're homeless. Okay, well, guess what? There's a 30 month wait for any housing for you. And it's like, okay, so like... (laughs) nothing no, and they're like nope sorry it's, and the shelters are all full because it's the holidays okay this is wonderful like yeah thank you so much i mean like i know people that are pretty high up and even they couldn't like connections that i have it still wouldn't didn't make a difference so luckily everyone is listening where are they everyone's safe there's housing there's food there's a vehicle everything is taken care of Yay. um so You know, but again, it takes creativity and a lot of grit. And it, I can't imagine like just. I know that I'm close with my family and whatever, but doing that every day for people, I, I remember how stressed I was under. I was so worried and just like, I just felt like I had to take it all on. So kudos to you. So you're amazing. Thank you. Thank (laughs) you.
1: I just really feel good about this population of people. So many counselors don't want to see. You know, like they're they're considered too hard or work with. They want more high functioning clients that, you know, you have six sessions, they take what you say and they implement it right away, you mm-hmm. know, and, and it, that's reinforcing for our counselor. Like we want to make a difference. We want to get results, mm-hmm. you know? So I, I guess I just feel really good about being able to be in the trenches or, you know. So awesome because, and I told Casey, I was like, does
2: I feel like I've been so blessed to be able to access therapy and, different things for, you know, what I'm going through. And then I, like, I mean, everyone's, whatever everyone's going through is real to them. So mm-hmm. cool. even if it's like, oh my Mercedes broke down, like that could be real to someone else. Whereas like, you know, someone else is like, we're homeless, have nothing. Like my kids just saw someone be murdered in front of the, you know, like whatever it yeah. is. But I told Casey, I was like, dude, I called her one day. I was like, I've got to make some kind of nonprofit that is solely for giving out funding for individuals who need therapy most, but cannot get it. That's Um, awesome. Like, like I I mean, I don't know how I I, so don't give me credit yet. It's just like an idea I've had, because I need to figure out like how the structure whatever it would be. But it's just like, it it hurts me so much, because the people who need it. The most Mm -hmm. are rejected from all these different areas, like all the people who need it the most. So like the someone who's gone, like, who is homeless, who needs it. The individual with autism who is suicidal needs it. And they're all turned away from different places. Like, actually, you need to go to this place. Actually, you need to go here.
0: Actually, right. I think that's going to be the social workers and over here. Think of the response effort it takes them to even do that first step Yes, and then to be redirected or referred. And like that just gets so overwhelming and just like, well, screw it. Like it's not meant to be. I'll just stay in this, right? Totally.
1: Well, and what you said earlier too about the rejection, you know, if that's further making them feel like, look at even counselors don't want me. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just gonna amplify their depression
0: and yeah, like, oh, I'm too messed up for someone to talk to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I didn't choose to go through what I went through as a child. <laughs> right. But anyways, yeah, I just feel like you're the work you're doing is amazing. Do you incorporate a lot of act into your therapy?
1: 100%. I love ACT. And so once I started using it, I actually saw a big difference. Um, And so now I use it with
0: 100% of my clients. How do you like give a brief, if someone's listening, they're like, what the hell is ACT? Can you just give a brief Intro of what it is. Sure. So basically,
1: you're tapping into what people value and tying that to their be- behaviors to help motivate them and help them work through difficult emotions. It helps you face emotions rather than run from them. We screw ourselves over all the time when we're avoiding feeling a certain way or want not wanting to be uncomfortable. And so ACT helps you kind of work through those emotions and stay
0: consistent with your values love the value tie-in. And Liat and I were talking the other day about, I have, we, we talk like 75% of the day, but yeah. um, we were chatting about um when you have like tough feelings or you're going through tough things, it's very easy to engage in escape avoidance behaviors. Yes. And then it just snowballs and gets bigger instead of going through it, right? Mm-hmm. Like feeling like, hey, this does suck and I can be miserable today because I'm going through something in my life that is hard. Instead of being like, everything's great. I'm great. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm so good today and I cannot wait to just do all the things we have to do on our to-do list, right? Like, and Leah was saying that she's like, like, sometimes I just want to be like, yeah, like today sucks and go through those feelings instead of running from them. And I love that about ACT. It's like, Mm -hmm. these are my thoughts, right? We, Got to acknowledge them. We do some diffusion, like mm-hmm. being so fused to thoughts. Especially, um, I mean, you said higher intelligence, so I'm definitely like wicked intelligent if I'm so <laughs> fused to these thoughts. But I'm serious. Like Casey
2: thinks she's literally God's gift to her. She's actually stopped bragging this past year. But like, literally, be like, yeah, you know, I'm smarter than you. Okay, yeah, you are. Yeah, you know, I'm the smart one. Sure. Yeah, you totally are.
0: I like made it be included in my bio on the website that I was smarter than you.
2: (laughs) Like literally like Casey, the smarter one of the two.
0: Well, you get to be the cooler, funny one. So listen, we balance each other. Okay. We all have our roles. We have our roles and we play them. We stay in our lanes. Okay. Stay in your lane. Do not try to be smart with your research that you've done. Okay. (laughs) Anyway, so I don't even know what I was saying. Um, Oh, just diffusing your thoughts. Like your, these thoughts that you're having, right. If you just get them out, like write them down. I've been writing down a lot of my thoughts, especially like the other night I looked at, um, I have one of the things that like shocked me was I wrote, um, got a text message, right? From a friend, immediately felt defensive. So I didn't respond. I wrote down what, like, so I could look back on it later. Like, why did I feel defensive? Like, can I get that thought out of my head and not respond defensively, right? I wanted to go inside and be like, why did that make me feel defensive? So, something that I clearly, that was a trigger for me. Mm -hmm. So, heart, heart. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so happy for you, heart, heart. (laughs) literally everyone's texting me I'm pregnant I'm pregnant I feel so guilty and I want to tell you I'm pregnant I'm like heart 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 all I can do <laughs> and like laugh about it like just because we we've been trying for so long and but whatever it'll happen and I know that and I just trust the universe but it cracks me up. I'm like, that's yeah, like, does that make their you feel like, There Casey goes
2: again, overcompensating. Like, I'm happy, I'm happy. I trust the universe. She does this shit all the time. Like she's the most <laughs> overcompensator. Like she
0: never be like, I'm sad. Okay. I, I, I trust God. I don't even really believe in God, but I'm like, I trust that God's way will work, Leah. <laughs> But yeah, anyways, so that's just what I love about um acceptance, commitment therapy. If anyone's listening, that's what Act is. Um, go out and do some research. There's a ton of great like CEUs on it, um, learning, trainings. I'm telling you, it's it is kind of life-changing for sure. Especially when you like just are at the end of like what's next. And there's some I know I've read The Happiness Trap. If you want to start yeah. with the Happiness Trap, because it's a pretty so easy good. read. And then up higher, like the Liberated Mind by Steve Hayes. I love those. Um so yeah, but what else? Leah, anything else we want to talk about? Yeah, to the Katie one thing about? I want to
2: ask before we end off is for anyone listening who is looking to, you know, kind of spread their um use of ABA across, you know, I know I've said this before in episodes and I'll say it again that our field is so new that there's not someone who's taken every path in every direction. You know, it's like so like For you, for example, you're not like, oh, I want to go into mental health and BCBA. What program do I look into in the country? Oh, that's offered at Pepperdine or whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. It's like you kind of have to build your own path in what you want to do because it's almost like you're only going to be taken seriously if you are the one to disseminate what it is you do. And now you have another degree that you could pull it into and relate to. Mm -hmm. Um, So what advice would you give to someone who... I don't know, Once decide, like, I want my area to be ABA and trichotillomania, whatever. I think (laughs) that's how you say it with the hair pulling, right? Or whatever it is. And there's not really anything on it. Like, what, how would you tell someone to go pursue, to be a little bit outside of what everyone else is doing?
1: Sure. Yeah, no, I think it's important for our field to grow. Like, we are... ABA is effective for all behaviors under the sun, you know? So our principles do apply to everything. It's just a matter of figuring out how, you know? So I guess I would recommend people start with searching on what is the closest thing to it? You know, there might not be an article specifically for the exact thing you're wanting to pursue, but there's probably a ton that are related, you know? So you can build your education around everything that's close. And then from that, trying to find other people who have related experience, even if it's not exactly the same thing, as close as you can get. You know, because our field really is effective for any behavior under the sun. Like you guys have said this a hundred times, I've said this a hundred times, we live and breathe ABA. We can't escape it. So there isn't anything it won't be effective for. It's just a matter of figuring out how we're going to apply it, you know, so just dive in and just see, see how close you can get. Because what I was going to say to that is
2: I start, I've been working on the CEU for disseminating ABA um, without sounding like an asshole or whatever it is. But I've done all this research <laughs> I found all these articles written by um I mean, there's multiple people who commented on it, even like Ogden Lindsley, whatever it is. ADA sucks at marketing. It's a mm-hmm. marketing problem. It's mm-hmm. the idea that also Skinner was trying to create his own words for different concepts of things that have already been out there. It's not like, you know, for the first
0: time. Reinforcement or demand is like, no one has ever asked for what they wanted and gotten it before, right?
2: Exactly. <laughs> right. So it's he, he was trying to do a service by creating a, so that there was no confusion, but like creating new language for terms that have already been there. Like, mm-hmm. you know, so what we call um, pairing, someone else might call building rapport or, you know, mm-hmm. like just little things like that. I can't think of anything on the spot,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but it is likely that there's research on that area, let's say. So let's say mm-hmm. it is trichotillomania I know I always bring that one up. I think it's because right when I got my BCBA, like a girl from high school I was like, I see you do this, could you help me with this? And I know ethically you're not supposed to take on any cases, but I'm like, I'm sure I could write you out a little behavior plan. Why not? I will just like, for fun, let's see if I could dabble. As long as you don't take this as like legit services. Right? Don't, guys, you're not meant to do that when you're a BCBA. Don't do as I do do as I say, okay? <laughs> now, anyways, but the thing is maybe in like Java, Journal of Applied Behavior Analysis, there wasn't articles on this, but like there's a shit ton of research that, you know, people have done with like habit correction or whatever it is. And in you yourself, like what we do here on Behavior Bitches is we take something that someone does and we just translate it into our words because they are like ABA calling it Applied Behavior Analysis is relatively new, but... And I know that we try, I think it's almost a disservice that we have completely been like, we step away from psychology. We're not part of psychology when it still is, you know, I mean, because we really, I mean, we are manipulating the environment in a sense, but it is, we do that also to, you know, help in, you know, mental spaces as well, or along those lines. But what I'm saying, what I'm trying to get to here is there's probably something out there on it.
1: Totally. And...
2: Maybe there's not a a set program called, you know, um, suicide and ABA, Mm -hmm. but you could be the one who is a BCBA and brings that together. And so do not be scared to look at these things and be like, oh, but it's psychology. And I know it's not meant to be mentalistic. Trust me, psychologists who are using CBT or any of these things, they are using these behavior
1: principles. They just have different fucking words for it. Exactly. And that's a big reason why I started my Instagram account. You know, I wanted people to see that psychology and ABA are friends. We just Mm -hmm. call things something different. You know, like you're so trained in your BCBA training to not be mentalistic. And we're awesome at operationally defining things. I think that's important. But there's so many things that overlap, or that are just called something different in psychology compared to ABA. You know, so we are way more compatible than people
0: realize. And guys, you can find her at Doctor Behavior Boss. That's D O C T O R Behavior Boss on Instagram. She's got a really really cool account with lots of great resources and information. Um, yeah, I love your account. So, keep posting. Thanks. Thanks. Keep it so up. Go give her a go give her a follow.
1: Awesome. I
2: I think a lot of these books would be beneficial for a lot of you guys who are there is no way that you are not having to deal with at least one of the issues of these different books um that have that Katie has written, you know, whether it's more specific like the divorce of grandparents or um on, you know, these skills, these, the awkward social skills. And I think I is, I just want to make sure I'm saying it. What is the the actual title? Awkward, the social do's and don'ts of being a young adult. Perfect. I think that people definitely without autism as well can benefit from this. And it's an area I know a lot of people struggle. That was my specialty area. When I was working in clinic, I'd be like, I want all the older, like high functioning, just not really people who not understanding like why they're considered quote unquote weird or off Mm -hmm. to their peers. Um, I think a lot of people find that more difficult because there's not the same programming written like for the VB map, like follow Mm -hmm. this exactly. And sometimes when you follow rules too hard in social skills, it seems even weirder. So this book I think could benefit a lot of people and I would definitely check it out. And the final book is um autism and depression oh and that one we spoke about which is so 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 important the autism and depression link as we said it's so common and i do a really great service if all of us take some time and really look into that and have a better understanding
1: and there's also the STAR assessment that just came out, which is our young adult assessment that assesses five different categories to see if you're ready and equipped to be a young adult living a meaningful life, developing friendships, and all that kind of stuff. So that can be found at thestarassessment.com.
0: And we'll link all of this in the show notes, all of her books, and her Instagram. And yes, so make sure you check out the show notes, guys. There's where all the golds are from the episode. All the golds. I mean, gems. I don't know. You yeah. know.
1: <laughs> I like sorry, to make it my actual- own
0: <laughs> saying <laughs> Sorry. <I> gotta, <laughs> gotta call you out. <laughs> All right. Well, Katie, thank you so much for coming on today. This was an awesome episode. I'm glad we got it done. So thank you. It was great to meet you and chat with you.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. You are so much fun. Was, thank you. Fun. You are, you are a dream
2: guest. You are just, and I just know with anything I ask you, you like, are like, yeah, I'll take that. Even if it's like the most broad question ever. So thank you. Makes, make podcasting easy. Um, with that, I guess we got to wrap up now and say you guys know where to find us. You can find us on behaviorbitches.com on Facebook at podcast, on Instagram at podcast, And as always, love
0: ya. Mean it.